Mike has fob, the fear of missing McRib. So he cleared his calendar. Yo, dude, backstage passes? Nah. Hey, babe, this weekend? Ugh, can't do it. What up? That sounds great, but count me out. Do what you gotta do. Just don't miss the return of the sandwich, the myth, the legend, the McRib. Come into McDonald's today and get a delicious, saucy McRib sandwich. Made even better with the one-of-a-kind taste of Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about heartwarming stories that will nourish your soul from their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas, a collection of 101 stories of the joy of the season. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Happy holidays. How are you doing this morning? I'm fine, Johnny. Happy holidays to you also. Thank you. It is wonderful to have you on the air with me, Chicken Soup for the Soul. The Wonder of Christmas is the perfect book to kick off the holiday season. The stories would definitely inspire everyone with faith, hope, and love. And I love the cover of the book. It's a truly an eye-catcher. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. We, uh, we've already had to do an emergency reprint because we, um, we printed a huge number, I think something like 100,000 copies, and we ran out in October because, wow. you know, the, book, the stores put these books on sale so early, these Christmas books. Yeah. So the book was on sale mid-October. So we had to do an emergency reprint. And the, the reprint is, is out there now, too. But I am pretty sure we're going to be running out before Christmas. And it's too late now to do another mm. reprint. So if you want the book, go and get it now. Because <laughs> it's, now, it's, it's crazy what's happening. I don't know if the other authors you've talked to um, Mm -hmm. lately have been telling you about there's something going on in the book industry. We keep running out of all of our new titles. We keep going back ordered and Mm -hmm. it's partly because they're, well, one thing is all our books are hitting the bestseller list now. It's unbelievable. Like we have three or four spots on the top 10 list for um, Nielsen book scan for Mm self-help books. And mm-hmm. and I think that three or four of the other books on the top ten list all have swear words in their titles. So if you take out <laughs> the swear words, the books with the swear words in their titles, we're like we own it. We just own this bestseller list. And but the the crazy thing is, I have never experienced this before, and it's in the nature of a good problem. But still, mm-hmm. we keep running out of all of our new titles. We have Chicken Soup mm-hmm. for the Soul, the best advice I ever heard, back ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Power of Yes, back-ordered. The Wonder of Christmas was back-ordered, but we just got the emergency reprint. And it's mm-hmm. crazy what's going on. And everybody in, in the industry is talking about how we're running out of stock. One of the things that I do know is that in my research working on certain projects that I'm working on, I realized that the millennials are actually buying books now. In addition to just having something in a digital format, they'd like to have a copy in their hand. 
as well. That is true. I've noticed that we have four kids, and mm-hmm. they always are are walking around holding books in their hands, and they're they're reading like crazy. And then the other thing that's going on, and this is really an industry discussion, but I think yeah. since your listeners are people who love books, I think it's an interesting thing for them to know about. There is basically a paper shortage now because so much paper production is going mm-hmm. into creating cardboard boxes for Amazon and Walmart.com mm-hmm. and all the shippers. There's less paper being made on the gigantic rolls that we use to print books. So right. Sometimes we're held up on a reprint because we're waiting for paper. Very, very interesting. Well, the short side of the equation is if you all got land out there, go plant some trees, big money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we definitely need more paper. Yeah. So anyway, so it's been kind of fun for us this holiday season because demand is so strong. But of course, you know, the creative side of me, the editor in chief mm-hmm. side of me loves how popular the books are. And then the yeah. business side of me, the publisher side of me is bemoaning the fact that we're losing sales because we keep going back ordered <laughs> on all of these new titles. That's a wonderful problem to have in a way, I guess, for all business people in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Now, one reason I think this Christmas book is doing so well is what you mentioned is how pretty the cover is. Mm-hmm. So we Love we it. tried something. Yeah, we tried something new. We've been we've been really spending a lot of money making beautiful covers and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this one, I think it's flying off the shelves because Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas basically looks like a Christmas decoration. You know, you can just like stick it on the mantelpiece with all the decorations. It's so pretty. And what we did was we did a matte finish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the non-glossy finish. And then we did gloss on the title and on this beautiful Christmas tree ornament that we have on the cover. And so we... And we embossed the title and the ornament and made them glossy. So it's really, really pretty, this this particular cover. I mean, we we spent extra on it because we wanted it to physically be like a gift. You know, so mm-hmm. you all, you get, you know, the fabulous 101 stories inside it, but also just presenting it to somebody. I mean, you don't even want to wrap it because it's so pretty. It is. I have one in my hand right now. And I have to tell you, when you look at it, no doubt about it, it's like, why wrap it? This is something that you can actually just put underneath the tree. It's ready to go. Yeah, it's really pretty. I'm very, Mm -hmm. very pleased with it. Um, And the stories are fabulous, too. We had, (laughs) we had, oh my gosh, we had something like 6,000 stories submitted for this book. And Mm -hmm. I was actually reading them in July. I remember this so vividly. I was taking this, I took this trip uh, to Maine and New Hampshire in July and went to Bar Harbor, Mm -hmm. Maine for the 4th of July. And my work went with me. I brought with me several hundred finalist stories for this book, you know, printed out. Mm -hmm. So I carried Mm -hmm. them around with me in the car and I read something like 100 pages every day over the course of this 10-day trip. And I was supposed to pick 101 stories. But the the stories were so good, I ended up picking 202 stories. 
and we made <laughs> we made this book, Chicken Soup for uh-huh. Soul: The Wonder of Christmas, and then we also made next year's Christmas book. We made oh our 2019 God. Christmas book. So, I mean, I'm always going to associate this book and the next year's book that we'll talk about a year from now. Um, yeah. I'll always associate them with this magical trip where we were driving around beautiful Maine <laughs> and New Hampshire in the mm-hmm. summer. Because, you know, that's when we make uh, Christmas books. We make them in July. Because for yeah. us yeah. now, yeah. now it's Mother's Day. Like, I'm working on Mother's <laughs> Day now. You know, Christmas yeah. is long behind me. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. You can start a new tradition, Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah. I actually played Christmas music while I was reading the stories just to get in the spirit of things. To get in the mood. Oh, that's interesting. The wonder of Christmas is labeled as Santa safe. What does that mean? So I was a precocious reader, and I know a lot of people have precocious readers, or they want to read these stories out loud to children. And so ever since I became publisher in 2008, every Chicken Soup for the Soul Christmas book has been what we call Santa safe, which is our code for saying that we keep the magic alive for the children. So there is nothing in these stories that would destroy any of the magic of Santa for children. And I don't want to be any more specific than that, but I think you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I understand. That's great. And also one of the wonderful things that you guys do is that the royalty of this book goes to the United States Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tot program. What other books that Chicken Soup does in 2018 that have their royalties go to benefit the various nonprofit organizations? Oh, thank you for asking me about that. This is something that's very important to us. Obviously, we need to make payroll and we have a business to run, but we love using our books to support nonprofits. And it just makes it even more special. And so this is the second Christmas book that we have used to support Toys for Tots. And I think everybody knows Toys for Tots because you see the collection bins at local merchants in your town. But it's where you put, you know, unwrapped toys for mm-hmm. kids. And also some, some Toys for Tots chapters or locations do teenagers also. So I always like to mention that because you know, sometimes there aren't enough gifts in there for preteens and teens. You know, people just put stuff for little kids. But it's the most amazing organization. The Marines are just incredible. And um, you can actually see them distributing the toys in our book trailer. So we started making book trailers for all our books. And if you go to chickensoup.com and you click on the Wonder of Christmas book that you'll see, like, on the homepage you'll be able to watch the book trailer. And at the end of the book trailer, after I've told you four stories from the book, you'll see some photos of the Marines dressed in their uniforms, um, handing toys out from the back of a truck, bringing toys to people's homes, etc. They really do create magical Christmases for all of these families that can't afford to do it on their own. So we're really excited about supporting Toys for Tots. And then we also, this season, are actually supporting United Way Centrade of Canada with a book that we made called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Canadian Acts of Kindness. And that's being sold in Canada. 
And mm-hmm. obviously in the U.S. you can buy it online from Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, but it's really focused on Canada's. And then we also, earlier this year, we did a whole new topic for us. We did a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Empowered Woman, which mm-hmm. I thought was very relevant mm-hmm. given everything that's going on. And that book, the royalties went to support Dress for Success, uh, which is that organization that provides women with interview outfits and also training for the interviews. And then when the women get the jobs, training for how do you keep a job? How do you manage your finances now that you have a paycheck, et cetera? So we were really happy to support them as well. And then, as always, we continue to support American Humane, which is Mm -hmm. this amazing animal welfare organization. And so our dog and cat books support American Humane. So even when we don't have new books out, as we continue selling, you know, the existing ones, we're generating royalties to give to American Humane. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Can you share with us the various chapters covered in this book? Oh, yeah. It's so much fun making the chapters. Um, So the first chapter in The Wonder of Christmas is called Christmas Miracles. And it's about, you know, some of those weird coincidences (laughs) or just moments of serendipity that just seem to happen during the holidays. So that's a really fun way to kind of jumpstart your Christmas spirit is to read chapter one, Christmas miracles. And then chapter two is called giving thanks because isn't that such a big part of the holidays is thinking about all your blessings. And we did a lot of stories in this book because, you know, going on sale in October, we really wanted the book to cover the whole winter holiday season. So we have Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. we have Hanukkah, we have Christmas, we have New Year's. And then chapter three is called Oh Christmas Tree. And there's a lot of stories in there about, oh, those family compromises over (laughs) what kind of tree or tree disasters or, you know, the, uh, the ups and downs of decorating a tree, which sometimes also involves the tree falling down and being stood back up again. And then chapter four is called Making Traditions. And I'm a big proponent of family traditions, but also being flexible and making new traditions because family units change. And it's right. nice to make new traditions because of marriage or blending families together and things like that. Chapter five is called Christmas Kindness, and it's about just all those wonderful things that neighbors and strangers do for each other during the holidays. And then chapter six is called The Perfect Gift. And, you know, it's it's interesting because you <laughs> might actually get some good ideas from it. I always get gift ideas from our Christmas books. Chapter seven is called Holiday Hiccups because sometimes our our best memories of Thanksgiving and Christmas are those things that went terribly wrong, right? And those become like family sagas and, you know, those stories are told over and over again. (laughs) And then chapter eight is there's nothing like family. And it's about different kinds of family gatherings also. Again, Mm -hmm. flexibility, um, exes getting together, you know, being willing to expand the definition of family. Chapter nine is about our pets, So it's called Four-Legged Festivities because (laughs) there are so many great stories about dogs and cats and Christmas gifts and the tree and, you know, the cats climbing the tree and 
the dogs eating the gifts and all of that stuff. And then chapter 10 is uh, has a lot of nostalgia in it. It's called Special Memories, and it's also helpful for people who maybe are going through perhaps their first Christmas after having lost mm-hmm. somebody. And there's a lot of stories in this book that will help people who are in that position. That's true. It's beautiful. When you talk about Christmas, I love the pictures that starts off each of the chapters. They're wonderful. It really adds warmth to all the various chapters. I agree with you. We we just went all out on this book. I mean, we made this book incredibly <laughs> beautiful. I mean, everything, like, and you're right. We usually have one piece of art that we put at the mm-hmm. beginning of each chapter. And this yeah. time we picked, I think, six different images and then we just mm-hmm. put each of them in twice. So yes, it there's beautiful artwork inside the book as well as the stories. Yeah. It's a complete package, Amy. I love it because it's a rep free gift. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and you know what they say about books. There's a gift yeah. you open over and over again. Beautiful. Are there other holiday stories in the book besides Christmas? Yeah, we do have um I went heavy duty on Chris, on Thanksgiving stories mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. is such a major holiday, at least in the U.S. I know it's not as big a deal in Canada, and, and they do it in October mm-hmm. in Canada, so it's not really as much part of the season. But for us in the U.S., it's such a big deal. I mean, in many families, Thanksgiving is even more important than Christmas, or Thanksgiving is when everybody gets together, and Christmas right. they're more scattered. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great, Thanksgiving stories, and um, and then we have some Hanukkah in here, and we have some New Year's. Uh, I always ask for Kwanzaa stories, but we've never gotten one. So, oh. yeah, we've never gotten one, but I've tried. So anyway, so we we have stories from the four major, you know, winter mm-hmm. holidays. Very interesting. Does the holiday season really bring out the best in people? Oh yeah, it's amazing. That's we have so many stories in here where people go way beyond what you would think they would do to help people during Christmas. Um, I mean, people will just go, you know, drive a stranger fifty miles. That you know, whatever it is, or or a whole neighborhood will gather together and create Christmas for a family that uh, maybe you know has somebody in the hospital and can't do anything about Christmas Mm -hmm. that year, but it's incredible how many amazing acts of kindness occur at this time of year. It definitely brings out the best in people. I think so. I think with the kickoff of Thanksgiving itself, because to me, Thanksgiving doesn't have any religious, philosophical beliefs attached to it. Thanksgiving is about inward in the sense that what are you thankful for this year? And so I'm really glad that from that perspective, it's a great reminder that you have some of those stories again in this book to kind of remind people to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you are grateful, that is, that's one of the keys to happiness. I always say this, mm-hmm. you cannot mm-hmm. truly be a happy person if you don't have gratitude for what's in your life. It's, it really makes a difference. And one exercise that we recommend is that you not only say, I'm grateful for, you know, my husband who right. always looked out for me. It, you have to say not only I'm grateful for my husband, but you have to give the reason. 
You have to say, I'm grateful for my husband because, and then say a specific thing. And we actually recommended people do that around the Thanksgiving table. Say not only what they are grateful for, but why, because it really embeds it in your brain and it makes you feel right. emotionally. Right. And right. it, no matter what you're going through, you can find things to be grateful for. And it, it really is very healthy for you. And then you start to interact with people differently. And then people are happier and more embracing mm-hmm. of you. And it's just, it's just like this positive cycle that spirals upwards. Right, right. So true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about heartwarming stories that will nourish your soul from their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas, a collection of 101 stories of the joy of the season. Amy, let's talk about some of the stories. Let's start with chapter one. The story that I really like is A Light in Darkness by Roseanne Hill. Yeah, this was great because uh, Roseanne had lost her husband and she was going through that awful year of firsts. And what she dreaded most was the first Christmas without her husband. And she and her little daughter were going to be alone. And Christmas had been her husband Derek's favorite holiday. He was always so excited about Christmas that I mean, she had to just make him stop from decorating everything before Thanksgiving even happened, you know. And so finally she gets up her courage and she puts up the tree. And they always strung the lights like from top to bottom instead of going around and around and around. Mm-hmm. They They did it vertically. So she and Derek always would put up three strands of lights and then they would sit and look at the tree. And she put up the three strands of lights all by herself. It was very sad. And she forgot to test them before she put them up. So then she plugged them in after she had put them up. And one of the three strands was dark. It didn't light. Mm -hmm. But as she sat there and she looked at the tree she realized that the tree was still beautifully lit with just the two strands. And that made her think, okay, there was Derek and then there's me and then there's our daughter. And so two strands lit, one strand dark, but still there next to the two lit strands. And it really became symbolic for her. And she realized that her husband was still with them, even though his strand of lights was dark but he was right by their side as they went through Christmas and it really helped her get through the holiday. And it was like a Christmas miracle because that strand of lights had worked when they put them away the prior Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was something, it was a lesson she really needed to have that dark strand of lights. It's a beautiful story. And it reminded me of the relationship that I had with my mom in Malaysia when she passed it's very difficult to describe, but it's a spiritual connection. So I love it. Yeah, that's why I, I put it number two in the book. And I've also <laughs> discussed it on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Another story in this chapter that's really terrific is Christmas Lily by Julia Toto. Oh, yeah, I love this. Um, <laughs> and I'm a fairly new grandmother, so I loved 
hearing a story from another grandmother also about mm-hmm. becoming a grandmother. But uh, <laughs> Julia's Julia's daughter um, had this really wonderful job where she worked with unwed mothers um, who needed help. And there was a woman who had just had a baby and didn't have any place to go at Christmas. She was going to be getting an apartment after Christmas. And so she was going to go stay with her brother and her brother wouldn't let her bring a newborn with her. So this new mom asked Julia's daughter if she would take the baby for a couple of weeks. So Julia's daughter took the baby, but things started heading in a different direction. And Julia's daughter was out shopping to buy shoes for the baby and then thought, wow, these are really expensive. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden had this like flash of lightning that hit her. And she thought, oh, I think I'm buying shoes for my daughter not for this other woman's baby. Anyway, what ended up happening was that the new mom never took back the baby. And Julia's daughter adopted this little baby, who she really took Mm -hmm. care of from birth. And um, now they've had five Christmases together, and Julia has this wonderful (laughs) little granddaughter named Lily. It's very difficult to talk about when you try and express unconditional love, because this entire story is about looking through the lens of love. It's not about you anymore. Connecting to that baby and the sequence of events that happen. Everybody wants to care for children, right? I mean, even if you just be a kid in a store and the kid's looking lost for a second, you want to help the kid. I mean, we all have that natural nurturing instinct. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, Julia's daughter was meant to become the mother of that little girl, Lily. Chapter 2, Giving Thanks. The story is Crazy, Always Finds a Way by Mark Howe. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Thanksgiving stories. So (laughs) (laughs) Mark Howe um, had a few siblings and had a very generous mother who always told her kids, like, you know, bring along to Thanksgiving, you know, anybody you know who needs a place to go for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Because the kids were all, you know, like college age and at the age where they would have friends who needed a place to go. And so one year they sat down for dinner, you know, prior to Thanksgiving and started listing all of the guests that they had invited. Well, it turned out the kids had gone crazy and they had invited (laughs) more than 80 strangers to come to their family Thanksgiving. And Mark's mom just started crying when she heard that. And the kids said, no, 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 we'll help. And so they came up with this plan, and they decided to just use paper and plastic. Um, One of Mark's brothers lived in a frat house, and he brought over, like, the big garbage pails and the big tables and the chairs and everything. And they cobbled together a plan to make dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, for more than 80 people Um, they they needed four turkeys. They did two of them in a smoker and then two of them in the frat house kitchen. Um, any guests who asked if they could bring something were told, yes, you can bring something. <laughs> and they tried to assign people, you know, side dishes, desserts, whatever they needed. Right, right. Um, they tried to clean up the house ahead of time. Then when it came to Thanksgiving Day, they, they made iced tea and lemonade in five-gallon batches. Five gallons. That's huge. 
<laughs> and they um, they had to have three different serving lines, right? Because you can't have 80 mm-hmm. people going through one serving line. So they made three different lines, one of which was in the garage. And <laughs> they, I mean, it was just crazy, but they pulled it off. And mm-hmm. then they said, well, we're not going to do that again. And then next, the next year, they had 60 guests. So still crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you read that story, what's interesting is that what came out as a thought, the idea of really being thankful and wanting to share with others, in the end, the project in itself, and I'm flipping this now, it's about joy within. I hope that makes sense what I'm talking about. I think that it was really fun for them to share with all those yeah. people. It was like they were running their own soup kitchen. The next story in this chapter is A Circle of Kindness by Don Morell. Yeah, so this is another Thanksgiving story. And in this one, um, Don was going to college in Kentucky, and um, her mom would drive back and forth to visit her there. And two weeks before Thanksgiving um, one year, and this was this was back in the 1990s, um, her mom had transmission trouble, and her car broke down on the side of the highway. Well, along came a pickup truck carrying chickens, and the man in the truck came to rescue her. Now, remember, this was in the 90s. This was in mm-hmm. the South. Um, Dawn and her mom are African-American, and her mom didn't know what to expect when mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. white chicken farmer pulled up beside her and absolutely lovely, and he picked her up. He took her to his home at the farm and left her with his wife, and then he drove back with some friends to get the car and actually fixed the car for her while Don's mother hung out at the farm and talked to the wife and played with the chicken farmer's kids. Well, they wouldn't accept any payment or anything, but two weeks later, Don's mom wanted to pay back the family because they had done this huge repair job on her car for free. Mm-hmm. And so she realized she had never gotten the name of the family because the whole experience had just been so confusing, you know, that she never got yeah. their name. So she wrote a check for $550, which I guess was what she thought the repair would have cost. And she mailed it and she wrote on the envelope, the chicken farmer, Bonneville, Kentucky. <laughs> and the U.S. mail figured out who that was and got it to the right the right family. Well, they wrote back to her after they got the check and said that their chicken farm was being foreclosed and that money allowed them to get current on their mortgage and also gave them enough extra money to buy a Thanksgiving dinner. So I thought that was a really great story. It's one of those things that you are prompted to do something without any attachment. Just sort of that ripple effect of kindness goes full circle. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, one of the things I've learned from being editor-in-chief of Chicken Soup Mm -hmm. for the Soul is whenever you have one of those impulses to go and do something nice, even if you think, oh, is this weird? Are people (laughs) not going to want me to do this for them? Will I be insulting them? I've learned from our stories that you should just go with that gut feeling and don't squelch it. 
just right. if you have that impulse, just do it. If you have that impulse to write a note, do it. If you have that impulse to hand somebody a $10 bill to help them in the line at the checkout, whatever it is, just do it right. because it's never actually going to be unwelcomed, but we always talk ourselves out of these things, and then we regret it later. That's we always correct. regret it if we don't go through with it. And so I've learned from our stories to be a little more courageous about actually following through on that quick impulse. Very true. I agree with that. Chapter 3, Oh Christmas Tree, My Elf Extraordinaire by Alice Muscani. Yeah, so Alice has um, a grandson who's now, you know, 20, but this is about when he was a little <laughs> kid. And Alice always had a gorgeous Christmas tree and her daughters would come over and they made a, you know, a, an annual tradition of her daughters decorating the tree with her. Um, but one year she had the tree and she took the boxes out because they were going to be decorating that weekend. But meanwhile, that day, her little four-year-old grandson was dropped off just for her to babysit. And he started hanging the ornaments on the tree. But being four years old, he just hung all the ornaments like in the front of the tree where he could reach. So there was just a <laughs> clump of ornaments. And Alice wanted to stop him, but he was determined. He even took the star that was supposed to go on the very top of the tree and just placed it right in front of him. And he, he just kept looking at his work, and he was so proud. So when Alice's daughter came to pick him up, she said, oh, Mom, don't worry. We'll fix it this weekend. And he looked so devastated that Alice said, no, we're just going to leave it that way. And so that Christmas... They took their family photo in front of a basically completely bare tree, except if you looked behind them at the height that a four-year-old could reach, there were all the ornaments clumped together in one little area. And basically, our, our chapter about Christmas trees is all about compromise, because who cares really, right? I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where when I go to pick out the tree, mm -hmm. I'll just take one that I know is defective. Because it's going in a corner anyway, and there's going to be ornaments right. all over it. And I'll be like, you know what? Just I'll take this one because some other person's going to be all bent out of shape about the fact that this has a big hole in it. And you can give the perfect tree to somebody who actually cares. I don't right. need the perfect right. tree. Because right. I've gotten the worst Charlie Brown trees you could imagine. <laughs> and then once the lights are up and the decorations are up, people are ooing and eyeing over my tree. And, right. I mean, really, it's a terrible, scraggly little specimen of a tree. And yet, once they're decorated, they all look great. That's true. It's a beautiful story. Again, it's all about the spirit of the occasion, the spirit of the holiday season. The rest doesn't matter. It's about people. It's about engaging with loved ones. And that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Chapter 4, Making Traditions. Two trees. Speaking about trees. Brianna Amago. Yeah, so this is a great example of the fact mm -hmm. that things change in our families, and that's why we need to be open to making new traditions, even as we want to carry forward the old traditions. But you really, in these days with modern families, you've got to be flexible. So in Brianna's case, um, her her father had died, and her mom married um, a widower, and there were um, a whole bunch of kids, I think seven kids combined, and they had to deal with the fact that her stepfather's family 
had always done um, a live tree, and Brianna's family had always done a fresh cut tree. And then Brianna's family had, you know, certain decorations that mm-hmm. they used, but now her stepfather's family had their own decorations. And so the first Christmas they were together, they went with the live tree because that's what her mm-hmm. stepfather's family had already always done. And they didn't take out Brianna's family's ornaments because the two parents had decided they would get new ornaments and make a new tradition. And Brianna was mm-hmm. 13 years old and she was devastated. So the next Christmas, the two parents figured this out and they had two trees from <laughs> then on. They always had a live tree and a fresh cut tree and they used the traditional ornaments and that's how they learned to compromise and make the kids happy from, from both sides. And Brianna, you know, looking back on it now as a mother herself realizes how hard it was. And she's very grateful to her mother and her stepfather for having figured out how to compromise and how to get two complete Christmas trees into their home. (laughs) So um, I thought that was a good lesson. You know, maybe that will help somebody because it's hard with blended families. Like there's all these little differences. You know, some families wrap all the presents, some families don't. I mean, there's a lot of differences and people can be very attached to their particular way of doing things. And so got to be willing to compromise um, if you're newly married or if you have a new blended <laughs> family or whatever it is. You can't, it's true. You can't hold on too tightly to these traditions and, and then get all upset if you are doing them slightly differently because that's not really the point, is it? <laughs> the point is just to be together and to enjoy each other and, and give each other these thoughtfully selected gifts and and just enjoy the season and bring some light to the darkness of, you know, late December. Right. So true. Again, this is such wonderful story in terms of just the energy about blending two families together, creating a new tradition. That's it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Chapter five, Christmas Kindness, a musical gift by Laurie Carpenter. So this is a wonderful example of mm-hmm. people rising to the occasion and strangers doing their very best for strangers during the holiday season. So in right. Lori's case, she was a single mother. She was raising a son on the autism spectrum who had an aide at the school. I mean, he, he really needed a lot of extra help. But he had a gift for music, and the school had figured that out. And so he was eight years old, and he was playing the trumpet beautifully, And this just brought so much joy into his life. So Lori was buying the trumpet on the installment plan. And she had made most of the payments, but she had been laid off. And so she hadn't made the most recent payments. She was about $100 behind on payments. And she just didn't have the $100. And the collection people called her and said, we're going to have to repossess the trumpet if you don't pay, which was really sad because she had made most of the payments. She was almost done Mm -hmm. paying for it. And this was like the best thing going on in her son's life. He really had a talent for it. So she explained to the collection person the situation and that her son was on the autism spectrum and that she just couldn't pay, but this would be devastating 
and that Mr. Volpe, the music teacher, had said that her son had so much talent. And the collection person said, Mr. Volpe? And it's at such and such school? And Lori said, mm-hmm. yes. She said, hold, please. And Lori mm-hmm. sat there on hold for several minutes. And then the, co- the collection person came back and said, we're going to give you the trumpet. You don't have to make any more pavements. It's yours. Merry Christmas. And Lori <laughs> was just blown away. And here's the cool thing. Her son is so talented that now he's at the Berkeley College of Music in Boston, which is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Berkeley, but that's like mm-hmm. I, everybody's heard of Juilliard, but the right. other one is Berkeley. Berkeley is a very big deal. Um, and so we've seen pictures of him playing at Berkeley, and you know he's on his way to becoming a professional musician now. It's terrific. This is the kind of inspirational story perfect for the season. Yeah, it really is. That brings me to Chapter 6, The Perfect Gift, The Best Christmas Ever by Alana Park. Yeah, so um, here's a case of people coming together as a group. Um, and in this case, instead of it being strangers, it's neighbors. Alana's father was in the Air Force, and they were stationed in Louisiana, and they were you know, buying things for their big Christmas feast. And then... Um, Alana's mother talked about their neighbor who had five children to feed and no money to have any kind of Christmas. And Alana was 12, and she couldn't imagine that poor family going through that. And then her mother said, I've got it. We'll give them their own Christmas, right down to the tree and stockings for the children and Christmas dinner. So Alana's mother got on the phone and called a whole bunch of the neighbors. And nobody had a lot of money. It was all young families, but they all pitched in. And so if they were baking a pie, they'd bake an extra pie. If they were buying canned goods, they'd buy an extra can. And they all pitched in and even got a whole turkey for the, the, this neighborhood family. And they finally dropped everything off. They made a huge box. They delivered it to the door and rang the doorbell and then ran away. And they watched (laughs) as the woman came out and saw the box and just started crying. She was so happy. And she never knew who gave her that gigantic package. Um, Alana says it was the best Christmas ever for her because she had watched this community come together to show the true spirit of Christmas to a family in need. And I thought that was wonderful and very much in keeping with the whole point of this book, The Mm -hmm. Wonder of Christmas, which is supporting Twice for Tots, which is all about the same thing, bringing bringing that big box to that family that really needs something to make Christmas special for the kids. No doubt about it. It's a beautiful story. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about heartwarming stories that will nourish your soul from this latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas, a collection of 101 stories of the joy of the season. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Chapter 7, this is really, really cool. I love this. Holiday Hiccups. 
And the story from this that I really love, <laughs> All Around the Table by Edith Hope. Yeah, so this occurred at Thanksgiving, <laughs> but it could just as easily have been yeah. Christmas. The whole family was around the table, and the uh, the big dining room table had just been refinished. They got it back just in time for the holiday. Um, and so, you know, that was like they were – they thought that was their holiday hiccup, that the table wasn't going to come back in time. Um, but it came back right in, right in time, the day before they needed it. And so they you know, sat down for Thanksgiving dinner. The table looked beautiful. Everything was on the table. And they were all sitting around it. And all of a sudden, this really strange sound came from the table. And the middle of the table started to sag down and they all just watched as in slow motion, this flat surface began to turn into a V and then there were these creaking sounds and groaning sounds and then the sound of metal hitting the floor and the table just turned into a V and hit the floor and everybody was trying to grab the food to keep it all from, you know, hitting the floor too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that the guy who had refinished the table had done a great job on the wood on top, but he had used screws that were too short underneath yeah. to put the legs back mm -hmm. on, and so the whole thing fell apart. And so the funny thing is that's like their favorite Thanksgiving memory ever, and it was when the whole table collapsed, which is what I said before <laughs> about holiday hiccups. Holiday hiccups make the best stories. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, I know it's not funny at the time, but when you look back, I mean, what more do you want? I mean, it's like those are simple pleasures, silly things that happen. But when you look back, they're probably the most joyous time. <laughs> yeah, everybody grabbing a dish before it hits the floor. I mean, you could imagine that in a movie, right? You could imagine right, that in, right. in, in some you know romantic comedy or something, the whole table collapsing and everybody grabbing a dish just in time. Chapter 8, this is a wonderful story. There's nothing like family, The Other Wife by Laureen Martin Brodick. This, this is a great example of <laughs> what I was saying about making a new definition of family at Christmas time. And <laughs> so in this story, um, Laureen was married to a man who had had three kids with his first wife, and then he had um, a new little daughter with Laureen. And Laureen was always sad for her husband on Christmas because he was never with his three kids from his first marriage. They were always with their mother on Christmas. And Laureen and her husband had been together for many years. And then the phone rang one day, and it was her husband's ex-wife, Jackie. And Jackie was calling Laureen. And she called Laureen and she said, look, we've been divorced 10 years. And no matter how angry we were, there was blame on both sides. And I don't want to keep him away from his kids anymore at Christmas time. So let's do Christmas together. And Lorene said, that's great. Let's do it. And so Lorene and her husband and their daughter went to the ex-wife's home where the three older kids were. And they all had Christmas together. And it went great. And then they started doing other holidays together. And they started you know, attending those milestone events together. And 
they really created a new kind of family where all of them did things together. And when Jackie died, Lorene ended up being the grandmother for the kids from the first marriage. And so now Lorene's husband is gone, his first wife is gone, and Lorene is the one left, and she's the grandma to the children of all four of the kids. Tom's three kids from his first marriage, and then their daughter from the second marriage. And uh, I think they had another child also, so I think she's the grandma for the grandchildren from five kids now. But I thought that was a beautiful (laughs) story, a great example. And, you know, somebody might read that and pick up the phone and make that call. Right. I know I talked to my ex-husband the other day and said, we're going to have to start doing holidays together when our kids have kids. Right, Um, right. I said, I'm perfectly happy to share the holidays. You guys can come and stay with me for Christmas. Like, But we mm. have to do things together. We're going to be co-grandparents. Right, right. That's beautiful. This chapter has another wonderful story, and I love this as well. The Labels by Joanne Bennett. Yeah, so you hear a lot of stories now about people doing 23andMe or Ancestry mm-hmm. DNA or one of those other genetic testing services, which are really fun. And you do meet a lot of people. I I haven't met anybody surprising. You know, I've met mostly like second cousins, but you never know. You could find some interesting facts about yourself. And in Joanne's case, it was really strange because she did ancestry DNA and she wasn't related to the people she thought she was going to be related to. And it turned out that her mother, who had passed away, had not given her the true story about who her father was. And so she had grown up believing that a certain man was her biological father, and he wasn't. And through the DNA test, she found all these half-siblings who were from her actual biological father. One of them was only four months different in age from her. So... Her new half-siblings embraced her immediately. They were so welcoming. And it turned out that her real father's last name had been Duffy. And so Joanne Bennett became Joanne Duffy Bennett. And she talks in the story about the thrill of getting um, Christmas packages from her half-siblings delivered to her house with the label reading Joanne Duffy Bennett. (laughs) it's just beautiful chapter nine and i know you love animals and you got to have this chapter in there right four-legged festivities (laughs) our amazing christmas gift by kathy lair this is the most incredible story about a dog (laughs) i mean dogs can be so smart and so intuitive and there's something about rescue dogs where they really Mm -hmm. They really get it. I don't understand it. They're so soulful, the rescue dogs. So Mm -hmm. Kathy had a little rescue dog named um, Kiko, and she she went to somebody's house for Christmas, and she brought her dog along, and they were sitting around the dining room table, and when they pushed back from dinner, everybody saw that there was a little pile of kibble at their feet. Kiko, while they had been eating, had figured out what was going on with presents 
and had taken his own kibble from his dish. And instead of eating it, he had carried piece by piece little bits of kibble and made little gift piles of kibble at the feet of every one of the humans sitting around that table. And I just thought that was amazing. <laughs> it's a beautiful story about a good heart. And in this case, it's from the dog. So it's fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, how did the dog know? Like, that's really amazing <laughs> that the dog understood the concept of giving a gift. And right. then the dog, like, was intuitive enough to want to give a gift to all the people. I just mm-hmm. can't believe the dog did that. It's really <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> Left the story. Chapter 10, Special Memories and Unforgettable Christmas Card. This is beautiful, too, by Laurie Adams. Yeah, so one of the themes that we have in Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas, is people reaching out and making these human connections, forgiving somebody, um, restoring a relationship. And in Lori's case, she had not seen her father in 40 years. He had left their family right after she was born. And she was writing out Christmas cards, And she had one left. She'd done her whole list, and there was just one left. And she thought she knew her father's address. She wasn't sure, but she thought she knew it. And so on an impulse, she took that last Christmas card, and she sent it to her father, who she hadn't seen in 40 years. And she didn't hear back from him right away. But then on Christmas Day... She was sitting at the kitchen table in her in-law's house and a call came in on her cell phone and it was a number that she did not recognize. So she let it go to voicemail, but then she got up from the table and went outside to listen to the voicemail and it was her father. Well, she got back together with her father and they had the next several Christmases together, seven of them before he died. And it was because she had the courage to make herself a little vulnerable and to reach out to him. And it paid off big time. It's a beautiful story. Beautiful, beautiful story. Perfect for the holiday season. And a great example. I mean, I hope somebody reads that and they go and they do the same thing. Right. And then they write us another chicken soup for this whole story about what happened. There you go. Are there (laughs) any other chicken soup products that will be wonderful gifts for the holiday season? Oh, yeah. So we were talking about dogs and Mm -hmm. cats, and we have treats. We have uh, dog treats. Chicken Soup for the Soul Pet Food makes wonderful treats, so those are always fun. We also have some other books. You know, I mentioned those books that keep selling out that were back-ordered on. So we have a really really fun book that's in the stores now. Um, You can find it at Walmart and Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Books a Million and all the normal places It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Best Advice I Ever Heard, and that one has been fabulously popular. We also have something called a bookazine out, and bookazines are those things that kind of look like magazines but fancier, or maybe they look like a (laughs) soft cover coffee table book, but we have Mm -hmm. one out called Christmas Miracles, and so that you can find in the magazine section of stores or the bookazine section at a place like Barnes and Noble or Walmart. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fun products that we have this year for Christmas besides 
the book we've talked about today, The Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Wonder of Christmas. Cool. Can you give us a preview of what we can expect from Chicken Soup in 2019? Oh, yeah. We have some great books coming up. Um, We have one that is just about coming back from the printer now that's going to go on sale January 8th, and it's called Messages from Heaven and Other Miracles. And then um, I'm editing right now our Mother's Day book, which is called Mom Knows Best. And then we have a grandparents book coming out also in time for Mother's Day. And then we're going to be doing our next um, dog and cat books. And the theme is mm-hmm. going to be life lessons from the dog and life lessons from the cat, because we really do learn a lot from our pets. <laughs> and then I'm very excited in June, we're coming out with a book with Dean Carnassus. Dean is one of the most famous runners in the world. Great guy, great writer, um, and also a crazy man who does things like, he, you know, he runs 100-mile ultra marathons and things like that. Uh, and so he and I are making a book that's going to be very inspirational for runners and walkers because it's really the same idea, yeah. getting out yeah. there and moving your body. So that's going to come out in June. And then later In the summer, we're going to come out with a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels All Around. And then in the fall, I'm doing a book with Deborah Norville that's going to be called Mm -hmm. Think Positive, Live Happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have that Christmas book coming out, you know, next October, the one I mentioned to you. That's Mm -hmm. uh, really cute. We already have the cover. (laughs) So that will be those that second batch of um, stories that I got from reading all of the submissions this past summer. And then we'll probably have uh, one or two other books in 2019, but I'm waiting to see what we what else we decide to do. But we have a really great schedule already figured out for next year, and I'm really looking forward to working on all of those books. Fantastic. That's beautiful. As we close the show, what recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? I would say let's talk about the holidays because – We can learn a lot about life by how we're going to handle the holidays. And I'd say the first thing is to see the holidays through the eyes of a child because that makes everything so much more wondrous. And you could almost apply that to everything in your life. Just let yourself be surprised anew, you know, by all of the the magical things that are happening. And then I've talked a lot about compromise today because that's really a big part of making the holidays work. And I think that's really a big part of making life work in general. Compromise is key. And then I talked also about that, um, that feeling where you want to help somebody and then you kind of squelch the feeling and how you shouldn't. So that would be another <laughs> recipe for life is when you feel that impulse, just go with it, do that nice thing. And then another thing we talked about today is forgiving and reaching out and making new connections. So that's another recipe for life. It's just just remember that the past is the past, right? It's behind right. you. So leave it right. behind you and move forward and start over and forgive those people and make new connections. And then finally, don't forget those pets because those pets are a lot <laughs> smarter than you think, right? And they're <laughs> wonderful examples. And I just can't get over that rescue dog, Kiko, who gave everybody a little pile of kibble. Beautiful. Totally beautiful. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, December 11. My guest will be Polo Tate. As a modern-day Renaissance woman, 
Polo is an actor, author, writer, and comedian performing all over New York City and Los Angeles. Polo and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her recently released memoir, Deep Dark Blue, a memoir of survival. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure, a very happy holiday season, and a Merry Christmas to you and everyone at Chicken Soup. Thank you again, and have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Mike has fun, the fear of missing McRib. So he cleared his calendar. Yo, dude, backstage passes? Nah. Hey, babe, this weekend? Ugh, can't do it. What up? That sounds great, but count me out. Do what you gotta do. Just don't miss the return of the sandwich, the myth, the legend, the McRib. Come into McDonald's today and get a delicious, saucy McRib sandwich. Made even better with the one-of-a-kind taste of Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. At participate in McDonald's for a limited time.